In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, eternal High Priest, we thank you and we praise you for being here in our midst. Body, blood, heart, and soul, and divinity. We thank you for this wonderful sacrament, Jesus, by which you remain with us and allow us to abide with you. Jesus, please increase our faith. Mother Mary, we crown you the queen of our time here together as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we'll continue with our reflections from John chapter 17. Tonight we'll read from verses 12 to 19. Jesus said, while I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I love how Jesus tells us why he is telling us these things. He does this in three successive chapters, 15, 16, and 17. Not that Jesus spoke in chapters, but the way it was divided in his discourse, he highlights this point three times. I say these things while I am still in the world. Why? So that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. He says that both in chapters 15 and 16 as well, almost verbatim. So he's sharing his heart with us. He's sharing what's on his mind and what's on his heart. He's pouring it out. And in this prayer that he prays here, recorded in chapter 17, it's so intimate, it's so personal, it's so familiar that it would have literally blown the socks off the apostles. <laughs> they never would have dreamed that they could pray like he was praying. So if they had any doubt that he was the Messiah, well, he was, again, really helping them 
to believe more fully in who he was. He obviously had a very special relationship with the Father. And by modeling for us this prayer, Jesus is inviting us to have the same kind of close relationship with his Father. To have this kind of familiarity with God. So walls are coming down here. This is why this prayer is so beautiful, so powerful. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. And this doesn't just apply to the apostles. This applies to all of us. By virtue of our baptism, we've all been consecrated by God. You've heard me say this, that God claimed us for himself, by himself, through himself. The Father claimed us through the Son in the Spirit. A Trinitarian act. And by that, he consecrated us all. Not just the apostles, not just the priests, but all believers who have been baptized have, in a sense, been consecrated by God himself, for himself, through himself. And so, we will be hated by some who are of the world. So I guess we shouldn't be surprised when that happens. Nobody enjoys that. That's not real fun, but we can expect it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And this is John writing, so whenever you, you know, hear John talk about the word, you got to go right to the beginning of his gospel. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So the word is truth. He is truth. And he is sanctifying us in himself. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so by communicating all of this, he wants our joy to be complete, as he said. Which is to say what? You've heard me give this good definition of joy. To be in the presence of somebody that is happy to be with you. So Jesus wants us all to know that he is happy to be here with you tonight, with all of us. But with you as an individual, he's happy to be here with you tonight. He wants to communicate to you your lovableness. He wants you to know that you are lovable in his eyes. Not because of what you do, not because you're here, but just because of who you are. Because of who he created you to be. That's what makes you lovable. And he wants to communicate that sentiment, that truth, that affection. He wants you to know that. He wants you to experience that, your own lovableness in his eyes. So let's pray tonight that we can experience the loving gaze of our eternal high priest. The one who died for you, the one who rose for you, the one who has prepared a place for you in the Father's house. He can't wait for you. But in the meantime, 
in the meantime, he waits here, in a sense, for you and with you. He is your true companion on this pilgrimage through time on the way to the Father's house. So let's pray that we can all experience his gaze with the eyes of our hearts, that interior gaze, the way that he penetrates our minds and our hearts, and the way that he communicates to us our lovableness, our goodness, our beauty. And in experiencing that, may we all be filled with joy. Amen.